Welcome to the Slow Down Live Deeply podcast. My name's Karen Jackson. I am so happy that you found your way here. I've created this podcast for any woman living in this crazy, crazy, chaotic modern world. I've created this podcast for any woman who's ever found themselves saying, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough space. I can't. I should. And as a result of saying all these things, you feel a little lost, a little off-centre. So join me as I teach you the practices that I use to help me flow through life with more ease, to stay centred, to feel empowered and calmer. It's all possible, I promise you. I'm looking forward to guiding you through this. Hi everyone, welcome to podcast number four. So what I thought would be interesting and useful is to go through some of the concepts that we'll be exploring in more depth. A, because we've all got a different take on the mindset work and all the energetic work. So those of you who are used to delving and looking, you get to hear how I view it. And that might be something you need, or it might be something, as I've said in previous podcasts, you turn over, you, t- you turn off. And for a lot of us, um, it might be something we've never considered. So it's worth going over the concepts. And as always, I will teach it from how I've experienced this, because that is all I can teach authentically. So this podcast, this episode is called How We Suffer. So there is a beautiful Buddhist tale and I've told my teacher that I can remember glaring at her when she told me this. So after, when I was waiting, um, I was basically waiting to see whether the cancer had spread to my liver. It looked like it had from scans. I was in turmoil, obviously. I think it was about three years after my first episode. But, and this is another episode, I was what we call a warrior. I was strong, tough, had these massive defences because in my head, I had to keep it together. I had to keep going. No one could know how much I was suffering. I didn't take it all on myself because my family was very much there. Did I let them know how worried, scared, how much it was affecting me? No, I didn't. So I can remember I was in a class um, teaching us how to teach restorative yoga, which I love and I do monthly, by the way, online. And she told us the tale, the Buddhist tale of the second arrow. So the first arrow is life's events, things that cause us pain, emotional, physical injuries, and mind was cancer. Or this um, having to wait for the results of of, um, whether I had cancer that has spread. So that is going to cause suffering, absolutely. Life causes suffering. Life isn't all joy. It's very much up and down. But the second arrow is loaded in the bow. And we decide 
whether it gets shot or not. So this is where we consciously decide how much suffering we're going to take. Now I can remember being in that class in my head and I love my teacher dearly, like a lot. I can remember thinking, how dare you say this to me? Do you know what I'm going through? That was my ego. My teacher, that that lesson came into its own the second, the second time I actually properly did have cancer. So my ego kicked off. I was choosing to shoot that second arrow and I was thrashing around with my own thoughts. So in yoga, in Buddhism, the mind causes suffering. Our thoughts create emotions. They create physiological imbalances or balances in the body, whichever one we choose. And our life gets shaped and we live our life according to our thoughts. Now we can consciously change our thoughts and we'll go through techniques over time to do this. But my, I, my ego, me, I was choosing to suffer. I was picturing myself dying. I was picturing myself leaving my kids. I was preparing myself for the worst, like prepare yourself for the worst and you know, then you, you won't be disappointed. All these things that I learned from, from life or that I thought were true. I chose to suffer immensely. So suffering and trauma, that first arrow, it is, doesn't have to be something big. Suffering is suffering. Pain, emotional discomfort, it's all the, it's all the same. <laughs> it really is actually, whether it's something big or something little. I get, um, if someone crashes into me, I get the same feeling as when I was diagnosed with cancer. The tummy goes funny, the gut drops, the heart rate accelerates. It's the same physiological response because our life's in threat. In our mind, our life is in threat. So this second time, I really did have cancer because the liver turned out to be a sonographer's mistake. The sonographer's out for babies, the radiographer's mistake, which was... Um, yeah, I didn't need to suffer, but again, that's, that's another story. So the second time, I'd done a lot of work by then and I decided not to suffer. So I can remember vividly, we went away for my um, brother and sister-in-law's 10th wedding anniversary to Chamonix with all of our friends and some family and it was amazing. And it was um, about seven days before I was going into hospital for my double mastectomy reconstruction. It was a big, a big op. And I chose to live. I chose to live deeply, which is um, something I've done ever since. Because I didn't choose to live deeply in the first five years of my first diagnosis. I chose to live in fear. I chose to live trapped, which is what we're going to really expand on, or I'm going to expand on after this part of the story, if you like. So I can remember there was twice I cried on that 
trip. And this might trigger me actually because it's my father-in-law's uh, memorial today. We're going to um, put his ashes to rest. I can remember that we were having a celebration and there was a um, Snow Patrol song on. I can't, I won't sing, but you know, if I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? And it always evokes emotion in me. And I can remember time stood still. I like looked at everybody who was laughing and partying and it was like they were frozen and I could just, it was like I was in a film, I was just there spinning. And I just went to sit down and just cried. My husband and my father-in-law noticed. My husband sat with me and my father-in-law didn't say anything, he was just there. And maybe this is why this has come up for me to talk about today. I'll recover myself in a moment. I'll never forget him being there for me in that way. So I cried then <laughs> and I cried now thinking about that emotion. I'm not thinking, I'm not crying for me then. It's, it's my father-in-law because it hasn't been that long since he's gone. And then, in fact, no, that was it. That was the one time. I thought there was another time that wasn't. I can remember I had a delicious, deliciously long lay-in because um, the kids weren't there. And um, people were saying to my husband, is Karen all right? How she keep going? And i tell you how I kept going. I had a mantra. I'm here now to live. The operation isn't till next week. I'll deal with the operation when I deal with it. I'm here now. The operation is next week. I'm here now, the operation next week. Every time I started to drift into the what ifs, oh my God, the, the nervous feeling, I just literally brought myself back time and time and time again. The arrow was loaded. My ego had loaded that arrow. My ego wanted to go and suffer. You poor thing, look at you, what you've got to go through. And I'm like, no, I want to live. I'm in this beautiful place with my friends and family. I'm going to be out of action for about eight weeks. I want to live now. And it felt wonderful. There was no point in me worrying about the operation because I could never have predicted what was going to go. What was going to go. I'm going to say wrong because it did for a bit. I couldn't have predicted about that. I would have been worrying about the wrong things. And the worrying energy doesn't, choose, doesn't change anything. My teacher's teaching, from the first time I heard it, stayed with me, subconsciously. And I didn't shoot the second arrow. Let's break it down and bring it back down to something like anger or worry. We'll go with anger. I really like the, um, the analogy that we can use with anger. So all these emotions that we can get stuck in, um, I see like a, a record with grooves in, you know, the old fashioned ones. And we tend to get very good at this, playing this record in our heads. So for some people it's worry, for some people it's things to be anxious about. For some people, they're brilliant, they're freaking amazing at being angry. They can find something anywhere to be angry about. 
And then we have people who can find something anywhere to be positive about, some gratitude, some light, some joy. I've, pro I've retrained myself to be that most of the time because proviso I've said this in other other episodes I'm not an angel I'm not enlightened I'm not in inverted quotes fixed so you could have really bad if you've got this lovely angry record in your head that goes round and round and the more you see anger the more you can get angry and oh my gosh this world I'm so angry at it all you could have something happen to you and you're really angry about it. And because you're that good at being angry, you can still feel that same intense anger 10 days down the line when you talk about it. You feel the emotion, you, maybe your face goes red, you, your face changes, your hand signals change, you're in that moment and you're angry. For me, that's the second arrow as well. So... When I thought about this podcast, this episode, I really wanted to teach the point, actually, that cancer is obviously deadly and it kills people. But if it hasn't killed you, if you have survived... I don't actually like that term, survivor, as well. It feels like a fight. Um, for me, cancer are some of my body's cells that have gone wrong because of either my genetic expression or my lifestyle in the past. I've taken responsibility for that. And again, responsibility is another podcast in my head. Um, but I have taken responsibility for that. It took me a while, <laughs> but I have. So, um, sorry, I've lost my thread. So I was talking about that. Yeah. So um, when I was going through it, it was intense. And the first five years were intense because um, I kept shooting myself with the second arrow <laughs> constantly. I had radiotherapy, so I kept checking that area constantly. And it was so bumpy. I wouldn't know a new bump if it, if it was there. Um, I was suffering more. I was imagining my death. I was, I was bartering, please give me so many years. I was imagining that I was going to die of breast cancer. And you could say, yeah, that's practical or reasonable because I can never be given the okay. Um, it could have little seeds everywhere that could go off one day. But now I believe sincerely in all of my heart that the breast cancer has gone. I'm going to live deeply because I've got stuff to do. <laughs> I've got things to do in this world, so I'm not going anywhere. And that is how I feel. Could I be wrong? Yes, I could be wrong. But I'd have lived these lives not suffering and not giving my power away and my joy away to fear. That second arrow is always there, trust me, it's always there in my mind. I constantly choose not to shoot it. It's discipline, it's mindset work, it's yin work. This is how I manage myself. Um, my yin yoga practice is my meditation practice that I do daily. 
it's the work that I do with essential oils on certain points to work with energetic flow. It's me going to see my acupuncturist. It's me going to have lessons with my teacher <coughs> and read books and journal. This stops that second arrow being shot for me. It's taken me years to move on to when I think about it, I don't feel emotion anymore. I literally don't feel the emotion anymore. And I did for a long time. You could hear the emotion talking about my father-in-law. It's all new. We still really miss him. And today's going to be a very poignant, sad day. So <clears throat> I'm going to dedicate this podcast in this episode in his memory. Because I will never forget how he made me feel that day. <clears throat> he saw me. He didn't try to fix me. And as a yoga teacher, that's something I strive to. And as a, as a coach, to see, accept, be there for and not fix. It's a work in progress because my ego likes to fix people. But I'm letting go of that. He was the ultimate yogi, he was the ultimate what I needed, and my husband as well. So that still brings the emotion up. <clears throat> but when I think about breast cancer, it doesn't anymore. I'm happy to talk about it to anybody. So on a serious note, if anyone does want any help with that, please message me. I've, I've been known to be on <laughs> FaceTime flashing my reconstruction to women who are going to go through it quite a few times because when I went through it, I didn't have anyone um, young enough or who was active to help me with making a decision so if you are interested I had a double mastectomy with Dieppe reconstruction so coming back to the suffering I drifted off a bit there suffering is suffering Really, life is life. We, do, we shouldn't quantify like, oh, cancer's really suffering and <clears throat> falling over, smashing your teeth out isn't. It is. They're all suffering. So I can remember people saying to me, oh, I won't talk to you about my troubles because you've got bigger ones. I want to hear how you're doing. I want to be there for you. <clears throat> suffering is suffering. I have learnt to a great degree to partner with my fear, to partner with any anxious feelings and live deeply. I don't want to have gone through all I've gone through not to live. The first five years I wasn't living deeply. I was letting fear be too present and it took away joy took away my spontaneity and I'm still working on that. My passion, my vision, my mission is to teach how to free ourselves and how to do the work so we can be present, not stuck in fear, not stuck in anxiety, not stuck in anger and live life is amazing even the painful bits you know thinking about my father-in-law today sorry about the emotional aspect today well i'm not it's life isn't it 
you know, we miss him because we loved him so much, because he was such a character. Without that connection, without that beautiful emotion and love, we wouldn't be feeling how we were fe how we are feeling now. So before I wrap up, I also want to say that anger, anxiety, all these things, they're not bad emotions. The necessary emotions, like anger, is um, quite often a, um, it's either a fear underlying it or it's a need that something needs to change. It's an indication, hey, you're not so happy about this. And so it's valid. And so is anxiety. What isn't useful, so that's the first arrow, what isn't useful is to hang out in that emotion, to feel the same emotion time and time and time again. Do you know one reason why I decided to change how I was feeling? Because it was exhausting. It's exhausting to hang out in those emotions that don't make us feel good. And we all have the right to feel good. We all have the right to enjoy our lives. <sighs> Big sigh. I didn't plan on doing this podcast today as I was about to take my dog for the walk, uh, walk which is first thing in the morning, half five, which is why my voice might sound a little deeper today. This came through. And when I get these downloads, it's um, it comes from nowhere. It's when my mind is empty. Well, not my mind will never be empty. When I'm still, when I'm quiet, when I have space in my head, these ideas come through and then I take action on them. Most of them, not all of them. So I hope that helps. Your suffering, that first arrow, is valid. You're allowed to feel discomfort, pain, fear, anxiety. Poor you, you're allowed to feel that. In fact, when I, um, sometimes I'll really indulge myself for a few hours, I'll be like, come on then, let's get really angry, and I'll, I'll laugh at myself. Come on, let's get really angry. Do you want to punch something? What do you want to do? Do you want to feel really miserable? And I'll let myself hang out in that emotion for a while, and then I'm like, bored now. <laughs> and I move on, but that's my trait. That's what I've trained myself to do. And you can be, you know, you can have these emotions for weeks, you know, with lots of validity and you don't need anyone to validate how long you feel this, this emotion for. We are allowed to feel these emotions. Is it helpful for you to keep hanging out in them day after day and being called back to them? Or do you deserve to do the healing work and be free? So my number one value, which I'll probably tell you about a lot, is freedom. I need to feel free in my head. So I do the work I do because I want to teach people how to be free of the past, i.e. the past emotions, getting stuck in the past emotions, any limiting mindset beliefs or limiting patterns that play out in the head that stop you doing what you want to do. And there's other freedoms, but those those are why I I teach yoga, I educate and get people access to pure essential oils that change the world, 
that's another podcast. Why our life coach and business coach? Because as, as a solopreneur, the only limit to what I do is in my head and I'm choosing not to have any, hence the podcast. Hence me sharing with you that I was terrified. And as I make this podcast, it's still not nearly, it's nearly out into the world. It's just got onto iTunes. I just need to change the um, the cover because it doesn't stand out enough. It's a bit, it, it gets a bit lost. But for me, I do it and then I refine because I could still be um, 10 months down the line procrastinating on that artwork. It doesn't work for me anymore. We'll talk about procrastination one day. We're going to talk about so much. So I hope that has helped somebody a little. I always say this, if this helps one person, brilliant. I'd love you to let me know how that felt. Any ahas. So sending you lots of love. And I'll see you in episode, oh my goodness, will it be five? Take care, everyone. Bye. I hope you enjoyed spending this time with me. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future. We can connect on Instagram, bamboo yoga underscore oils underscore life. If you go to the link in the bio, you can find all the ways to work with me. Or go to my website, www.bamboo-yoga-oils-life.uk. I look forward to connecting with you. Bye for now.